Welcome back to Catching Fire News. This is episode 12 of Islam in America, Can America Survive? We're here with our guest, Shram Hadian again, and we're going to be discussing what's exactly happening with the uh, state legislature in Minnesota. Recently, we have just uncovered a video of uh, two weeks ago of a state representative that was calling out jihad uh, on the state capitol floor. This, this individual uh, was asking for jihad on the his own people in Somalia, and he was asking for the Somali population, which is the largest Somali population outside of Somalia, which is in Minnesota. Uh, they want to uh, ask them for money to fund the jihad and the killing of their own people in their own homeland, which, by the way, we just gave $480 million to in 2020. And uh, we just continue funding this country as they call for more money from us. And now, just this past week, we have just got a state representative, Omar Fatah, who just called out the Republicans as terrorists after two weeks after they just had that incident happen on the show floor. I want to get right into this. I want to show the video first, and then we're just going to inter- uh, see our guest, Sharam Hadian. So please show the video. Let's get right into this. heard them being called terrorists. We heard them being called drug dealers. We heard a lot of insults. We heard that they're, that they're a threat to our national security. And that's a flat out lie. You want to know who the real threat is, Madam President? I'll give you a hint. It doesn't, they don't look like our chief author. They don't look like the folks up in the gallery. They don't look like the folks on the rotunda. They look like many of the members that sit in the front. And you don't have to take my word for it. According to DHS, Madam President, the, domestic, the greatest domestic threat facing the United States comes from, quote, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically, specifically those who advocate for the superiority, superiority of the white race. This past week at the Minnesota State Capitol, when a representative on the Democrat side, state representative, Somali heritage, Muslim, who decides to call the Republicans terrorists after they were talking about the voting rights bill to give illegals, uh, aliens, the right to drive on Minnesota streets. Sharab, you heard this video. We're going to we're going to dissect this video in many different aspects. But you did get the uh, get the hint after after they called out for terrorism, and then a week ago. They call for terrorism on their own people in Somalia. Isn't that kind of ironic? Well, um, it's ironic, but yet again, Ron, I think in, in the scheme of what we've been presenting on these programs over the last 12 episodes, this is episode number 12, it should be understood by all who've watched. And I hope people go back and watch our other episodes that this is what happens when Muslims feel they're getting the upper hand. What you're seeing is a more outward expression of the true Islam, right? You're seeing that these Muslims now are so emboldened in Minnesota that they don't fear going to the state capitol. By the way, great article that you wrote. I love your article that you wrote on uh, the jihad in the the Minnesota state capitol. I'm not sure where people can get that, but you should give the link for that so people can get that link and and read it. It was a a well-written article and kind of going through the backstory of how they're calling for jihad upon their own people. But the fact that they feel they can get away with it, the fact that, 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 that you, you contacted the state capitol and 
the state capitol police, I should say, and, and they said, no, they're just exercising their First Amendment right. Yet if you and I were to be on the state capitol in Minnesota and say that we think that we should have uh, war, if we even used the word war, uh, we, we would, I'm sure, would be visited by the FBI. Um, so in one sense, this is to be expected, again, once they are going to the upper house, once the Islamic community, and this is this tactic, this tactic of, 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 of white supremacy. You know, I'm called a white supremacist, Ron. These individuals like CARE and the Muslim Brotherhood and all the leftist organizations will call someone like me who is from the Middle East. Am I white? No, I'm from the Middle East. I'm born in another country and that they call me a white supremacist because if I stand on our Judeo-Christian ideals, our constitution, believing that people should come to America to assimilate. And yet, is there going to be any censure of this representative for saying that every member of the Republican Party is now a white supremacist and a domestic terrorist? And then we have to, in this discussion today, Ron, talk about the fact that he's citing the Department of Homeland Security. How did we get to the point with the Department of Homeland Security, in, instead of dealing with actual terrorism, is now coming after supposed violent extremism? This is a language shift that have to happen after Obama took office in 2009. So I'll turn it back to you, but, but please understand, folks, when Islam gets the upper hand, when they go to Dar al-Islam, the house of Islam, from the lower house Dar al-Harb to the upper house Dar al-Islam, they are not obligated to deceive anymore. There is no obligation. It's not obligatory, meaning that they can then be more open about their plans for subjugation. And the way that they're going to subjugate Minnesotans and anybody disagrees with them is to call them domestic terrorists, violent extremists, white supremacists, racist, Islamophobes. And then it's not just about names because I could care less about what they call me. It's when they have law enforcement. It's when they have Keith Ellison as the attorney general of Minnesota backing them. We see this right now in the state of Washington. A leftist attorney general is actually trying to have uh, criminal punishments for those who are using quote unquote rhetoric that could be violent extremist rhetoric. So they want to criminalize us. And that's what we don't understand. That's what Americans got to wake up to and understand. When we talk about this is not compatible, this is a national security threat. Um, this individual should be censured. This individual should be removed from office, but nothing's going to happen because that's the way that it is in Minnesota when they have the upper hand. This is the second time he's been to the ethics committee. The first time he was uh, sent to the ethics committee for uh, fraud or campaign finance abuse. So this is the second time he's been there. Off camera, he had also told one of the other state representatives, who I know quite well, he had told him that he should um, exclude himself from the vote because he was a white male. That's what he told one of his colleagues. So he's he's purely putting out that white dialogue uh, of uh, and using um, using race and ethnicity to uh, to try to raise the upper hand. I I want to get into this uh, really heavily in here. Um, I find it interesting that an Islamic person who probably doesn't understand the Quran as well as you and I do, he 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 states he uses the word rights white and terrorism in the same sense. So let's dissect that just for a moment. 
We do know that, could you, I want you in 12 seconds to 15 seconds, tell us who Bukhari is, please. Just tell us who Bukhari is. Are you talking about Sahih Bukhari or are you talking yeah, about? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. Explain yeah. who so, uh, Sahih Bukhari is. Well, Sahih Bukhari is the most quoted hadith. So uh, when Muhammad, after the Quran, there are something is called the Sunnah, S-U-N-N-A-H. The Sunnah means the tradition of Muhammad. The Sunnahs are a collection of these books, and they're called hadiths or traditions. The most quoted hadith is Sahih al-Bukhari. It is an authenticated, Sahih means the word Sahih, S-A-H-I-H, means that it is the closest to Muhammad. It, it is uh, the closest to a, a, a first-person account of what Muhammad said. Remember, Muhammad, the prophet, so-called prophet of Islam, was illiterate. So he couldn't write, he couldn't read, nothing was written by him. Everything is about eyewitnesses. So Sahih means it's the most authenticated. Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim. So Sahih Bukhari is the most quoted and authenticated hadith, tradition, and therefore Muslims view it as, uh, as we would view the gospel. They would view it as, it is as authenticated as the Quran. That's the best way I can explain it. No, that's a great explanation. We know that um, Sahih Bukhari died 200 years in 833 after Muhammad died, but his writings are what most Muslims, or all, not all Muslims, uh, revere and look at that word. Why do I bring that up? When you look at the readings and the writings of Bukhari, he states there emphatically, and uh, I'm not going to recite the, uh, the verses, but he, he states in there that Muhammad was a white man. He talks about the whiteness of his skin, the whiteness of his uh, of, of his teeth, the whiteness of everything about him was white. And in fact, Bukhari ends up saying that Muhammad once said that if anybody ever called him a black man, he would put him to death. So interesting that we would say that a that uh, this Omar Fatah, the state representative, talks about a white race with a white support superiority that's going to terrorize the world, according to the DHS. But let's let's take his words. Let's take what he uses. He uses the Quran also as his as his uh, theology. We got a white a white Muslim, a white man who terrorized people, and that who he that's who he reveres himself as. Do you find that not a little bit? Um, uh, I don't even know the word. He, he's using. He's going against his own religion. He's going against his own prophet. Would you say not? Yes, absolutely. Well, so a number of things. Number one, that shows the absolute ignorance of Muslims, because as you and I know, most Muslims are not well read with the Quran and or are they well read with the Sunnah. So they do not know, uh, or even even if you throw in the third source there in, in the sense of the Sirah, the Sirah is kind of the autobiography. Um, so for example, uh, the story of Muhammad going from Mecca to Medina, at that time, it was called Yathrib, a Jewish community. He uh, kicks out many of the Jews there. They flee. But the one tribe, the Banu Karaizai, the tribe that he uh, arrested uh, and beheaded six to nine hundred, according to the autobiography of Muhammad, those are authenticated sources. So, number one, I find these Muslims are ignorant of the Quran. Number two, here's an interesting take on it. So, so your, to answer your question, yes. It, 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 it's, it's not even, it's not even, um, it's not even counterintuitive. Uh, it shows, and this is what the Bible says. The Bible says the divided house cannot stand, right? It shows how divided Islam is. 
because it shows that Islam is divided against itself. So often the Quran contradicts the Quran, right? So often the stories within Islam contradict the stories within Islam. We don't even have to go outside Islam to be able to tear down Islam. All you got to do is read the Quran and it will contradict itself in so many places, including when Muhammad got revelation of the Quran. Was it a day? Was it a month? Was it over time as abrogation, you know, the idea that it changed over time. So going back to this individual, here's what's ironic about this race card that they play, Ron, because I think that's obviously the leftist approach. This is, you know, this goes back to the red green access. When you have the communist Marxist socialist, the Democrat, uh, uh, the Democrat farmers laborer party in Minnesota, right? The DFL. That's a socialist party, isn't it, Ron? You're there, right? Yep. They shouldn't be called Democrat. They're, they're now socialist. Would you agree? No, that's 100% true. Yep. They, they, yeah. were, they turned and they were taken over by the AFL CIO in, in 1997. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a communist organization now. Exactly. So as a communist organization, that's the red part of that access, right? We have the red and green. The red is the communist, the Marxist, the socialist, and the globalist now. The green, of course, is the Islam, the Muslim Brotherhood, anything to do with Islam. So the communist playbook now, this, this, all this white supremacy, uh, uh, um, uh, the idea of, of, of really it's reverse racism, right? So here we're called racist, but this individual, this Somali Muslim legislator is racist because the moment you're saying you should be excluded because you're white from vote, it is racist and he should be removed from office because he is now denying a constitutional right of another legislator to vote as duly elected by his constituents. It, he should be removed from office, period, bottom line. But uh, here's the irony of, of, of this ignorance. If Muslims understood, and you and I know this, there is a caste system in Islam. You know, if, if people understand Hinduism, uh, if they've been to India, for example, as I've been on a couple of mission trips, there's a caste system. Uh, th so there, there's a lesser and a greater. Well, how many people know, Ron, that there's a caste system in Islam? So who are the best Muslims? Who are the most revered Muslims? Anybody that is connected to the tribe of Muhammad, number one, the Quraysh, and anybody that is a descendant of that tribe or is Arab. So Arab Muslims are viewed as upper class. They're elite. Where do black Muslims fall on that category? The African Muslims. Did you see where I I'm going with this, Ron? 100%. They are second class. They're lower. They're lesser. They're lesser in value according to the way Islam operates than the Arab Muslims. So here's this ignorant Somali Muslim in Minnesota who's playing the white supremacy, white racist card because of the socialist influence, because that's their tactic now, right? It, it, it is let's, you know, uh, go after this. But yet he has to understand that when it comes into the scheme of Islam, Islam is the most racist ideology on the planet. Because Islam is racist towards black Muslims. If you're a black Muslim from Africa, you're, 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 you're lesser than you are second class to them. You're good for lower uh, tasks. You're you're good for uh, fighting. You're good for those things. You're you're basically a throwaway 
compared to the echelon of the Arab Muslims. That's why the Muslims that are coming out of the United Arab Emirates and uh, Saudi Arabia, the Arabi Arabian Peninsula, Kuwait, those Muslims are viewed as higher. And that's the whole untold secret story of just how racist Islam is in its heritage, in its history, and in its the way that it views Muslims. So um, he's really pointing the finger at himself. If Islam can be exposed, he's pointing the finger at himself. And these Somalis don't understand that they're just being used by Islam to do their bidding and they're throwaway. They're throwaway, they're, 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 they're worker bees, not the, the ant. I, I don't know how, what other analogy they're, to use. Maybe you can help with that. They're pawns in the game. They're pawns in the game. I'm actually writing an article and, and it, it, the first, one of the first sentences says one finger out and three fingers pointing back. It's mm, uh, yeah, it's, it's, projection. it's 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 projection, and the whole article is talking about how uh, Omar Fatah uh, uh, created projection. He's projecting really what he is, what his religion is, and what it's about, and then and then accusing the Republican Party as being the terrorist. Um, it's interesting that you bring up then the the the, the color of uh, of the Somali skin black because. We'll go back to Bukhari. Bukhari said that he called Ethiopians raisin heads. He, he, he called them raisin heads, small heads. Um, he also said that if, uh, you know, on the night, uh, the night ride that uh, Muhammad did to, uh, to ascend to heaven and hell, uh, on the 27th day of Ramadan, he asked him what he saw. And he said, well, the, in, in hell. And he said, well, women, women uh, primarily reside in hell because they don't obey their husbands. We also went on to say that the, the hell was primarily filled with black people. That's right. Um, so, he, he, so he talks about hell being, uh, he, he, and Bukhari also talked about a, uh, I'm feeling his name, but he also talked about that ruddy-faced black guy. That is the face of the devil. So he described the devil as a ruddy-faced black man. Um, so... You know how he describes blacks and what he did to the blacks, as far as like he would he would he would kill the uh, he would kill the males. He would slice off their uh, their their bottom parts. He would kidnap and use the women as concubines. Um, if you read verse three one hundred four, Sirah, Aya one hundred nine it talks about. Adam and Eve, and he says to Adam, he says, I tapped Adam on the right shoulder and out popped a white man. I tapped Adam <laughs> on the left shoulder and out popped a black man. And he said, those of you who are black face will be cursed forever. So what is that telling you right there? Right there, it's Sahih Bukhari. Sahih Bukhari tells them that black people will reside in hell and black people are not are, are lower class people. And then you got a guy sitting there on the, on the, on the capital floor condemning Republican for terrorism to the man that they follow is a terrorist himself. This is ridiculous. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a, so the, the title of your article is brilliant. Um, it, it's the same thing we say with the left, you know, when the left accuses us of being racist, of being, um, you know, again, uh, uh, you know, fearful or hate, hate, hateful or any term the left throws at us. It's always projection, and that's absolutely correct. Uh, so let me just read, if it's okay, because you, you, you quoted Surah chapter three. In I'm going to start in 106 because this is so. This was my point. My point was exactly what you said. 
And I'm glad you brought up hell. That's even more a stronger point than I was making because I was making the point of, of their usefulness in this life. You're saying now that in the Hadith, first of all, women. So, so one step back. This is why all the feminists and all the LGBTQ and all the Black Lives Matter, any of these people that, that are, are standing hand in hand with Muslims and thinking that Islam is going to, at the end of the day, side with their social justice issues. They're what we call useful idiots, right? Using the communist terminology, useful idiots. Because Islam, once it gets the upper hand, again, once it goes to Dar al-Islam, it will turn on those useful idiots. It will then, like in Europe, like in the urban sensitive zones and no-go zones, What's the very first thing they do when they take over those areas and they call it Sharia zones? They kick out all the homosexuals. They start attacking all the homosexuals and kicking them out. They start going after women. Women now are routinely raped. I just had two articles uh, uh, that, that just popped up uh, from uh, Sweden and France about the, the continual rape culture in those countries. How And, and, the, and these Muslim men aren't just attacking grown women they're raping girls and and by they're doing it they're reading the quran so they turn on these people they turn on the feminists the lgbtq the 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 black lives matter so here's what the quran chapter 3 106 says a day faces turned white and faces turned black so as for those whose faces turned black did you become infidels after you had believed so taste the torment because you were infidels as and as to those whose faces turned white so in the mercy of allah they will abide in it forever these are the verses of allah we recite them to you with the truth and allah does not desire injustice to the world and to allah what is in the heavens and what is on the earth and, and to allah the affairs will return so right there is describing exactly what you said about creation, that those whose faces turned white, Allah gave mercy and paradise. Those whose t faces turned black were, were called infidels and eternal damnation. That's right there in the Quran, folks. Chapter three, as Ron said, verse 106 to 109, reciting the story of uh, creation, and talking about what is the view of Islam towards black people. So the majority of hell is occupied by women because their minds are deficient, according to Sahih Bukhari, and black people. Well, that, that's, that, I mean, that sounds so social justice, doesn't it? I mean, Islam is the bastion of social justice, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is the bastion of of, of uh, anti-feminism, it is hatred of women, it is hatred of minorities, it is hatred of Christians and Jews, it is hatred of blacks. So these Somali Muslims, as you said, are nothing but pod workers. They, 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 they are viewed as raisin heads by Muslims. The Arab Muslims view them as simple, simply, you know, so they're doing the bidding, they're, 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 they're doing the work. And for this individual to stand up, and call, uh, so 
let's for a moment, let's for a moment take a step back from the ideology of Islam, Ron. Can we talk for a moment about the Department of Homeland Security? How do we get to this point? How do we get to this point where the Department, Department of Homeland Security that was formed after 9-11, that before 9-11, I'm sorry, after 9-11, before Obama took office in 2009, the, uh, and, and I think we showed this wrong on one of our first or second episodes. If you remember, I had the slide there about the 9-11 commission report, and it had all the motivations for the 9-11 attacks. Uh, Jihad was mentioned, I think, uh, I, I don't remember the numbers right now, but it, it was hundreds of times. Uh, being a Muslim was mentioned hundreds of times. Islam was mentioned hundreds of times. So they were citing the motivation. Then when Obama took over, let's understand what happened. The Justice Department radically transformed. It became an arm of the communist Islamic movement. Obama brought Holder in as the justice head of the Justice Department. The very first he did thing he did was he shut down the Holy Land Foundation trial. The trial that was happening in Texas against members of the Muslim Brotherhood, there was 130 something, if I remember right, I can't remember the exact number right now, indictments, right, against several members of the Muslim Brotherhood. Then they were about to indict those front groups, right? Uh, we talked about this before. Um, ICNA, uh, uh, Muslim Student Association, every one of those three, four letter Islamic groups that were named in the explanatory memorandum, which was the handbook of the Muslim Brotherhood. Now watch this. Before Obama took office, the number one investigated act of terrorism by the FBI and by Homeland Security was investigating Muslims. A good friend of mine was a, was a former FBI agent out in Boise, Idaho. In 2006, 7, 8, even up to 2012, 2013, he said 95% of their terrorist cases that is considered to be potential terrorism was investigating Muslims. I mean, that was just a fact. That was not profiling. That was not racism. That was just facts. That was where they were looking. Once in 2011, we know, according to our good friend who was murdered, Phil Haney, Department of Homeland Security uh, agent, former agent Phil Haney. Phil Haney told us that in 2011 was the purge of all the, uh, of all the uh, materials. They got rid of everything in counterterrorism that had to do with Islam. Now they bring a new term in that's violent extremism. In the post 9-11 reports, now FBI, DHS, the Justice Department, are now using a term, a, a, a completely made up term called violent extremism because they don't want to say Islamic terrorism or even radical. Man, man, Ron, I'll take the day now that they can say radical. You remember when they used to say radical Islamic terrorism and we were like, it's not radical. It's just fundamental to Islam and you should right. say Islamic yeah. terrorism, not radical Islam. Listen, today I'll take radical Islamic terrorism, my goodness. They're never going to say that again. Those days are gone because now it's this term. So when this individual was standing up 
and citing, what did he cite? The FBI. What did he cite? Department of Homeland Security. When this representative, Somali representative, is citing DHS, we have to understand DHS was gutted by Obama, gutted by the Muslim Brotherhood. Members of the Muslim Brotherhood that were about to be indicted in 2008 and 9 and 10 were then allowed to come in and audit and purge and get rid of everything in our counterterrorism playbook that dealt with Islam, Sharia, anything about motivation, and everything shifted to right-wing violent extremism. That's why today you and I are potential domestic terrorists and guys like this Somali, what was his name again? Uh, Omar Fatah. Mr. Fatah, Mr. Fatah is now can can virulently speak and call us racist and call us domestic terrorists and nothing happens to him. As you said, openly, yeah, openly. And they can call for open jihad. At the st- exactly. Open jihad at the state capital. So sorry that it took me so long. I, I, I want to turn back to you, but I just yeah. I need people to understand this didn't happen yesterday. This has been going on for years. They've been gutting it for years. And then they co-opted DHS even long before Trump took office. That's why Trump couldn't change anything. The deep state was already well established. Obama had done his damage. And now Obama is running the country again. You know, it's O'Biden. It's not Biden. Nobody thinks right. a senile kook is running the country. It is now Obama and the, and the deep state that are running this nation. And we are the target. We are the target. And, and, and we, we got to wake up to that reality that this is going to be what we're going to face unless we rise up and boldly, as you did, writing the articles and calling this out in Minnesota, Ron. Uh, I'm proud of you for doing that, putting yourself on, on the line again and being a target because it's got to be exposed and it's got to be pushed back. We cannot tolerate them just sitting there. It's one thing name calling. This is not name calling, folks. They want to criminalize us, arrest us, have FBI do raids on our homes like they're doing with the pro-lifers and anybody connected with Trump and put us in prison or worse, just get rid of us altogether. Yeah, you know, because we're short on time today, it's really interesting. When I did call the state capitol, they wanted to know my name. They said, well, I want to know your name. I said, why do you want to know my name? They said, well, I told you mine. You, I said, you didn't tell me your name. They wanted to know my name. And I, all I just cleaned it up with, and I just told them, I said, you know, the fact that you're allowing, this is two weeks ago, you're allowing terrorism to be called out on, your, on the Capitol floor. There could be a sect of Somalians in the Minneapolis area that could fall in harm's way because this is territory. This is a sect of people from Somalia that could be that could be attacked. And the mere fact that you don't protect those people, we could have fellow citizens in Minnesota that are being in harm's way. And I'll, and so you wanted to know my name, and I'm thinking to myself, now I'm I you know my name's out there now with these guys. They're probably wondering who I am. What, but you know here I was trying to protect. The people here in Minnesota, because they're calling out terrorism on their own family members in their homeland, and this this is this is a shame. And the being that the fact that we gave them a platform at the state capitol to condemn our heritage, our history of government, and who we are to to somebody they believe in, which is Muhammad, who is white, 
who had 29 different raids before he died, 10 more after he died through his followers. He killed, like you say, the Bada Kanesha for tribe in, uh, in uh, 627, the Bada Nadia tribe in 625, the Bada uh, Kanuka tribe in 624. He slaughtered all of these people over and over and over and again. And this was a white man who created terrorism, and he's calling, you know, he's calling us terrorism, terrorists, or a Republicans terrorists. I think this is a shame. I want you to finish out this day uh, with a good note, and uh, we'll just move on from here. Well, before, just before I could just do that real quick, just this is a reminder too. When Islam comes out of the Arabic Peninsula after the death of Muhammad, and uh, when uh, they uh, wage the um, the Ridda Wars, right? Ridda meaning apostasy. Remember that when Muhammad died, many of the people that he had forced to convert to Islam by force apostatized. They, they, they go, good, Muhammad's dead, we're out of here. And the first caliph, the first successor of Muhammad leads the Ridda Wars. And if I remember my numbers right, something over 45,000, if I remember right, were killed. Um, during those Ritter Wars. These are people that are apostated. But let's, now, Islam goes from the Arabic Peninsula into North Africa. Ron, what did they do with the blacks? What did the Arab followers of Muhammad or Islam do with the blacks? They immediately took them as, as you said, slaves and concubines. They didn't come in and say, let's elevate the black people and let's free them. Like that's what Christianity does, right? When Christ came, Christ said, I have come to set the captives free. God does not have a litmus test of color. God, the God of the Bible, I should say, not the false God of this demonic religion. I'm talking about the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible came to set humanity free. He doesn't have a litmus test on who he saves. Whether you're black or white, Asian, African, North American, Middle Eastern, or from Antarctica, I could care less. The Lord of this book came to set the captives free. There is no second class. When you come into Christ, there is no second class. God does not say, I can't use you because you're a woman or a man, and I can't use you because you're black or white. In this book, there is no racism. If Christians today in the social justice churches are making it racist, then they are in sin. They need to repent. Shame on them for perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this book, there is no racism. The grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not racist. When you come into the kingdom of God, whether you're from Iran like me, or where were you born, Ron? Where was I born? Yeah. Where was I born? In Minnesota. In Minnesota. So you're yeah. born in Minnesota, I'm born in Iran, but in Christ, we're in one family. But in Islam, when you come into Islam, you are segregated, male and female, Arab versus non-Arab. White, those lighter-skinned Muslims are viewed as greater than, than the darker-skinned Muslims who are, many of whom we know in Africa were forced to convert. Just like today, the battle that rages in Sudan, the battle that rages in Ethiopia, the battle that rages in Nigeria, predominant Christian nations that are not being subjugated by force to Islam 
by what we call the sword, right? Surah chapter 9, verse 5, the verses of the sword. They must be subjugated. And Surah chapter 4, strike them wherever you find them. So this is the Islam we're talking about. And, and, and so, again, Christians, Americans, patriots, wake up. We have a very limited window of opportunity to try to preserve or, or at least hang on to some semblance of the liberties of this nation. But if we allow individuals like this in office, and if we don't put pressure, you know what? Every Minnesotan should be calling the Capitol Police, Ron. Every Minnesotan should be calling the uh, legislative leadership and saying, this is unacceptable. White or black, Republican or Democrat, this is unacceptable. We will not tolerate somebody race baiting and, 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 and labeling uh, fellow citizens, as you said. And your heart was to protect the Somali citizens in Minnesota so that they're not attacked. Because we know what happens to Somalis who disagree with the agenda. So I will wrap it up with this. Um, it comes back to, does this nation... Do Americans want to hang on to our Judeo-Christian values, our constitution or not? If you don't, then keep going as you are. But if you do, we need to do an about face. We need to repent. We need to cry out to the God of the Bible, forgive us. Lord, forgive us for what we've done in this nation. Forgive us for how we've completely compromised your values. Because there's only one ideology that can set Americans free and is the ideology found in this book. The Constitution would have never been without this book. The founders of this nation would have never been without this book. Not this book. Not this book. This is garbage. This, 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 should, be, this should be thrown in the, uh, the, the heap ashes of, of history. This book. This is what human history, anywhere there has been freedom in the world, it is because of these principles. So if America, if you don't want to stand by these principles, then welcome to Dar al-Islam in America. Welcome.